Oh, the way you were. The way he dropped his phone. Right, guys. Boom. Right, guys. It's Blackman the Traveller. This is another episode. I'm here with a very, very special guest, and she's going to introduce herself. Hi, guys. My name's Mary Masood. Um, what do you want to know? Like, how do you want me to introduce First of all, how old are you? 21. What do you do? Um, primarily, I'm a film director, screenwriter. Um, I have a podcast, you know, check it out. Conscious Conversations, YouTube, Spotify, all of that good stuff. Um, I'm a model. Okay. Um, I also box and I okay. PT. Um, what else do I do? I do oh. things here and there, you know, just a lot of things. things. I do a lot so of things. So you're a director? Yeah, primarily, you're yeah. You're a model? Mm-hmm. You've got your own podcast? Mm-hmm. And what was the last thing you said? Um, I box and I PT. Boxing and PT. Yeah. yeah. Wow, for a 21 year old. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, man. Where would you need from? Um, ethnicity wise. Yeah. So I'm North African, um, Algeria to be okay. precise, and I big up. Big up Algeria. Big up my people. We had, we had, we had, we had Maris. Yeah, that took you a while to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, am I going to pronounce it properly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had yeah, Come on, big up. That's Sami Nassimi as well, no? Is he, is he from Algeria? Yeah, yeah. Algeria. Yeah. I'm looking at you because I don't know. <laughs> Zidane, <laughs> legend. Zizi, Zizi. Yeah, Zizi. That's. So, that's not all right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off with what made you want to get involved? What? So, you're doing four different platforms, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, what made you want to get involved in film directing? Um, it's my why is kind of do you know what it is? I think from a young age, I always wanted to help people, and like, my like, I want to have my own charity, like, I want to do a lot in this life, mm-hmm. and where I was raised, and how I was raised, and we didn't have much. So, and my people weren't really heard. We were people that were just kind of brushed under the rug. You wouldn't see people like me doing anything. You wouldn't really hear us having a voice or even having the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And I thought the best way to put out a message for people that they will remember it, they will watch it, they will rewatch it, like it will be there forever is through a film. And, um, you know, all my work, all, my, all of my films that I produce, everything that I will produce is always going to be based on real life. It's going to be and people's stories and just giving people the voice they never really had instead of me taking that voice and making it my own. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of... Is it, is, it, is it hard to direct films and to put people in their position, especially as a female, you know? Um, I wouldn't say it's hard. I think being a Muslim woman in yeah. the film industry is non-existent. Okay. So I've been on sets where like I've had to... Like I'm directing the set and people would think I'm a runner or people yeah. would think I'm like shadowing somebody or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, it'll be it'll, it'll get to that time when we start rolling, we have to shoot and you have to prep actors, actresses. And they'll look, they'll look at me like, oh, rah, like you're the director. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm I'm running this whole set right now. Yeah. But it's it's um, it's so not seen. Mm. I think I've had to try and earn my respect very, very quickly. Would you say you had to earn your respect? Is, would you say that it's because of your religion or would you say because you was a female? Both. Okay. I think the film industry is very um, saturated with white men, yeah. period. Okay. Um, and even people of colour, they do tend to be men yeah. um, as well as. So being a woman, first of all, it's it's always going to be a bit like left in any any 
position of power that I might be placed in. Yeah. Then being a Muslim woman on top of that, yeah. it's, for them it's like they would have never seen anything like that, let alone me. Imagine me, a whole Muslim woman leading a crew of anything between 80 to 200 people on set that have no way to relate to me. Yeah. Do you get it? So for them it's just like, and on top of that, I'm probably the youngest person there. Can I just say something? Go on. 21. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen to me, listen to me. You're directing mm. a film mm. or you're directing shows. Yeah. Second of all, you're a female and you're a young female mm. and, you're, and you're a Muslim girl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that holds a stigma itself. Yeah. And especially in this society. Definitely. So that shows that you are special in a way because you're, 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 you're using your gender mm. and you're using your religion to mm. say, look, no matter what religion I am, no matter what gender I am, I'm going to, I'm gonna make it. Definitely. And that's that just shows like leadership. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what? I think a lot of people as well, when they see someone like me, they almost see incapability. Yeah. And with me, it's I've never seen myself as a like I remember my mum telling me from a young age, like, you're not the same as these people, you know? They'll never yeah. accept you. Like you're not them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like I never understood it until I got older because I've never not not necessarily felt different, but I've never seen myself as less than. Why? Because I'm still me. Regardless of if um, I'm a woman or if I'm a Muslim woman, if I wore a scarf, if I didn't wear a scarf, yeah. I'm still capable. I'm still somebody that would be in my field and doing what I'm doing because of my drive, because of my why, because my passion mm. has nothing to do with anything external. It's all internal. Yeah. You get it? So regardless of whether I was um, black, white, North African, Asian, if I was Christian, um, Buddhist, Muslim, whatever, like it wouldn't have changed where I'm at and what I'm doing. I'm still the same person. But me being a young, you know, Muslim woman in that industry, I think it's more powerful because I don't like to be the person to to break the stereotypes or to. I feel like that's so overrated. I feel yeah. like a lot of people want to be the first to do everything. I don't care for that. I just want to do things. Can I ask you a question? Go on. If would you ever see certain people seeing you as a threat? Definitely, all the time. Why? Because um, people don't... Birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. And I think because I'm always the... I stand out. Yeah. Automatically, if you're going to wear a scarf, you're going to stand out. Because you're automatically just... You look different, let alone yeah. like the mental processing of things, X, Y, and Z. And when you're in a room full of people that may have a prejudice towards what they think they know mm -hmm. or just have pure ignorance. Mm -hmm. Like I said, every room I've been in, I've had to earn respect when really and truly, if I'm the director, you need to earn mine. Has there been situations where you're the director and then you weren't directing a film physically mm -hmm. and then certain people walked past you and they didn't assume that you were the director, not until you hopped on stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, oh my God, she's she's a director? Yeah, I was, um, just before lockdown, I was, um, I got asked to do uh, an advert for okay. like a brand or whatever. And yeah. the only people that knew that I was directing was um, a member from the brand that came on set to just like keep up and see everything. Yeah. The producers had no idea. Um, even though me and the producer were keeping contact, but yeah. because it was all over the phone, whatever. And I feel like because I'm very well-spoken or whatever, I don't sound... I have a broken English as well, because I think people think that, like, 
Muslim women as well. I don't know where this came from either. Like, we just can't speak properly. I don't know where that stigma came from. I've never heard of that, but that's okay. It's I'm just, learning everything. Do you know what? Learning. And you know where I, when I first recognised this, I remember I was booking an appointment for my dad and a GP. Yeah. And over the phone, you know, just you know, the, the regular white lady. Yeah, yeah how are you? Da, 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 yeah. Like, just chatting. Yeah. I pull up. She sees me. She's like... She's trying to put the voice and, yeah. the, and the face together. And she's like, hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of a, that. Um, I remember I, I started, I was like, okay, guys, da, 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 like we need to start. Everyone's been setting up now. We've got in the ambience. We need to start shooting, um, get the models on X, Y, and Z. Mm. And everyone just looked, nobody said anything mm. because they knew ultimately I was still directing. But it was the, you know, you can feel the, the change in the atmosphere. Yeah. You can feel when people are like, hmm. A lot of people, when people see... I would I would say anyone, you could be white, black, Asian, Caucasian, a lot of humans, we tend to, when they see someone else that's that's doing something that they're not doing, mm. straight away you're through it. You know what I mean? I feel you, and but I also think um in any creative industry, yeah. if you know good people, good people will help you. 100%. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to help people that aren't theirs. That's true. And I faced it with not just the average white person, I was on a shoot and I was the only um, light-skinned girl there yeah. and nobody spoke to me until they found out, oh, I'm actually directing the shoot. Yeah, yeah. And then it was a thing where you could feel they felt guilty and then when you open up and I told them, yeah, I'm African, I'm this, yeah. and then they start relating and the familiarity becomes, but it's the initial, like, you're not like us. I would say no one's born racist. Definitely. You no, know? it's just, uh, it's just, you're gonna. Everyone's brought up in a certain way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, no one's born racist. Like you're gonna be. You're gonna be brought up in a certain way, and I think that comes with lack of education. Yeah, you're, you're educated in a way. It's. So, I think it's also miseducation. Hundred percent. Like I've I've seen mums with their young kids. Yeah. Like me and my mum will be walking down the street. My mum isn't like mum doesn't even wear scarf properly like like I wear it more yeah. than she wears it. Yeah. Do you get? It? She'll just be in a trackie. She'll just put on a little. She'll just wrap her hair up and keep it moving. But like I've been on the street and me and my mum will be walking and like we'll see people like their kids will just be around us and they'll come and tug their kids and yeah. say something under their breath. Your yeah. kid is three, four years old and this is what you're teaching them out in the streets. It's, it's sad to say that's the society that we live it's, in. It's, it's taught as well as it not being taught at all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, man. So you directed many shows and films. Mm. So, okay, so what made you... Okay, first of all... Mm. What was your goals when you was a child? Like, what did you dream of doing? Um, <laughs> so initially, um, I wanted to do music. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. I used to do music. She's gonna sing um, behind behind cameras, guys. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I used to do a lot of music. But um, I think when I was younger, I wanted to go into politics. Why? Because I. Uh, the people that know me from back in the day will yeah. tell you, like, I'm a little activist. Like, okay. I've always done a little protest in here and there. I've always just been very vocal about things. Um, I'm, a, I'm a very simple-minded person. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. You live in politics? In terms of? Would you... Do you believe politicians? Then? No, no, no. I believe politics is a game to control the masses. I believe it... it it's needed, but I think it's just done very backwards. Needed in how? In what way? I think it's needed for society to function because it's been around for so long okay. that if we just removed it, I think everybody would 
nobody would just know what to do with themselves. So basically, authority, rules and regulations, how to control them. It, it's um, it's a system. Okay. Literally, and with me, I think it's a thing where I don't like other people controlling my life. I don't like other people having any power over what I can do. But you, but you, you was gonna be a politician, so you so I was, the power to control other people. So this is my thing. So I was, I went, I remember looking into it and thinking, nah, like, yeah. how are these people running the land that I'm on? Do you know how mad that is? Yeah. And these people don't even, like, they wouldn't even give two fucks about me, really and truly. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, yeah. Okay. But they don't care. They don't care about people like me. Yeah. Like, so why am I allowing someone that has no, compassion no nothing for somebody like me I, like especially back in the day you're three four five anything between pre-teens to teenagers like you experience what you experience any ethnic minority will go through something like that and i thought no nah, like because i'm very i've always been that person that will stand up mm-hmm. i was very willing to be that person to stand up whether it be on that scale or not and then obviously to speak out 100 percent. and um i got a bit older i just thought like this politics stuff, yeah. <laughs> it's do you know is um you realize you can't control everything, and you realize that not everything is in your power, whether it directly affects you or not. Yeah. Um, and that's just like I said, it's been around forever, so it's something that's so deep rooted. Yeah. Who am I to come and tackle that? I just want to live in my little bubble, make sure my family's good, and keep it moving. So politics didn't work out well. Then the first thing was directing, yeah. Yeah, film. That's how I was one. Yeah. So, is there any certain projects that you're working on at the moment? Um, at the moment, I'm working on a short film okay. that hopefully should be in film festivals next year, inshallah. You know, inshallah, that, that will happen. As well. Film festivals is actually good because that's for, um, you know what, I used to actually study acting. Okay. Yeah, I went to the same drama school as John Biega. Very cool. Latisha, right? Yeah. And um, is it Idris Thompson? That's in Moonlight in America. He's killing it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to Identity and um, a lot of actors that went to ID, they participated in the film festival, but they were involved in the films that Themselves. were going to be, you know, pursued yeah. in, that, in, that, in, that, um, in that field. And mm-hmm. it's actually good mm-hmm. for you to direct something and to be put in film festival mm-hmm. shows that you're special. Yeah. And those films are mostly like independent, unless I'm wrong, right? Definitely, yeah. All so of my films that's, a, that's a very interesting thing. Yeah. Um, it. I think a lot of people don't celebrate the little things. 100%. Any any little thing I do, I just get mad excited. I'm like, oh my God, I made it. Because not just in my community, but within my family. No one's... Everyone is in an academic field, whether it be the, the Englishes, the sciences. Yeah. Nobody's done anything creative ever, except for me. I'm allowed to you. You're the first Muslim girl. Mm that I know is directing a film or that's directing a show. Interesting. I've never met, not being rude. I'm not, no, no. I'm not, I'm not discriminating anyone, but yeah, that's yeah. just, it's, you know, you know, you know that saying in life, like you're always learning something new mm-hmm. in this podcast. I'm learning something new. Mm. And I really appreciate what you're doing. Of course. So anytime. then, okay. So you do directing. Now, what made you want to like, what's the end goal with the directing? The end goal is to, allow people to educate themselves through my work. Okay. I don't want to be the person to change anybody's point of view. I don't want to make anyone do anything. I want somebody to just watch my film and then have them have a self-realisation within themselves, whether it be something that 
whether it be a part of their journey within their own lives, yeah. whether it be how they view certain groups or certain people, yeah. whether it just be a bit more understanding and leaving out the ignorance. Like I just want people to take in what I do um, and take from it. That's kind of the ultimate goal. I don't want to just put things out there um, purely for entertainment and that be it. Like entertainment is good, make them feel someone good. There's like it's it's very fulfilling. It's it's an emotional experience. But when you imagine, I I think of something, yeah. and then I go through a journey enough for me to produce it in physical form, yeah. and then you watch it, and by you watching it, it triggers emotions within you. Because I can relate to that. Do you know how powerful that is? Of I've like my thought has become an emotional experience for you. Yeah. Whether it be happy, sad, you're crying, you're laughing, regardless, that came from a thought. Yeah. For me, that's just like, it's just crazy. That's like, beautiful what you're doing because you're, you're directing something in, in the audiences. Because like when I, when I studied drama, mm. we, like the main goal was obviously to learn the script or whatever, but we had to convince the audience that this is real. Yeah. People need to understand, like, filming, directing, the audience has to be persuaded that this is real. Mm. And once you persuade the audience that it's real, then mm. the show's, the everything's going to be run smoothly. Yeah. So. Um, one thing, I had rehearsals yesterday and I was speaking to um, my actresses from my film. Yeah. And one thing I always tell people is the storyline doesn't carry the film. Yeah. The, the characters carry the film. Same. So if you, if you fall in, into anything I do, I always tell the characters from this point onwards... Yeah. Anytime we communicate, you stay in character. Yeah. Whether it be over the phone, whether it be a rehearsal, whether it be because you need that character is a real person. Yeah. Do you understand? Like it's it's really somebody's mum, it's really somebody's daughter, it's really somebody's cousin, brother, sister. Like it's it's it shouldn't always be just fake. Yeah. A lot of a lot of Hollywood, a lot of anything in the media, everybody knows is just there to be there more it's time. In Hollywood. Yeah. Imagine Hollywood starts calling. Where? What happened? I don't know. I'm not there yet. But, <laughs> I don't but, know but, if I but, want but, them to call, to be honest. Hollywood sees your thing on film festival. Let's think... be honest, yeah. A lot of people watch film festival, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, if people know when it comes to the industry, like the filming industry, Hollywood calls you up and they'll be like, right, who's this girl? What does she do? Mm. And they say, right, we're going to give you a budget film to direct this. Would you take the opportunity or no? It depends on the film. Because I think a lot of... I feel like if Hollywood saw yeah. my portfolio, they would never call. How do you know? Because I'm a threat. Because the things I produce, people un people need to understand, Hollywood has a filtered system. Of course. Anything, whether it's TV, media, not just Hollywood, but anything in that industry. Yeah. Things have to be approved. Things have to be filtered out. Things have to be stamped up, whether it's going into cinema. That's when it comes to... Because Hollywood... I mean, I don't know Hollywood like that because I'm never... I'm not, I'm not in that field, but... Mm. One thing I know about Hollywood is when they see an opportunist mm. breaking through the industry, mm. they will somehow try to network with that person. Because of it will benefit them more than it's going to benefit that person, if that makes sense. This is the thing. So it's it will start off like that. They'll yeah. see the opportunity. They'll see money. Yeah. Someone that's naive, like maybe they'll give them one, two storylines that they know obviously aligns with what they do. Yeah, yeah. They'll get them in and then they'll start controlling what they want to put out. I never want that. So you want the equity and ownership? 100%. And it's not even, I want, my stories are really real. Yeah. Like, even when, um, even with my podcasts, if I wanted big names on my podcast, I can put big names on my podcast. I'm very well connected, but I want everyday regular people. Like, Why did you start a podcast? 
What's the whole for, concept of your podcast? Um, for a very similar reason, just on a, um, what's it called? I feel like films are, despite the story, they're still very out of reach. Yes. You watch the film, yeah. you, you continue with your life. A podcast is very easy access. Um, it's very familiar. It's very just open. Anyone can listen to it. Anyone can learn from it. And it's not anything that has to go through a process. Yeah. Um, my podcast is very much for anyone and anything. I like the name of it. Conscious Conversations. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Conscious Conversations came about because um, I was speaking to a friend of mine and uh, we had a conversation and I said to him, I was like, I don't... Um, I said to him a year ago, I was like, from this point onwards, I don't want to speak without a purpose. Okay. So anything. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. Said, I don't want to speak without a purpose. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people nowadays, whether it be my generation, the older generation, I just yeah. think people are just speaking to speak. Yeah. And it's a good thing that everyone has a voice, but sometimes people don't. <laughs> sometimes people are just speaking to speak. And I, I, I don't like that. Yeah. I think it's another way to tap into the mind and... Conditioning is very, very easy. Indoctrination is very, very easy. Um, and because I'm somebody that, that constantly stays learning, like I love to learn, I said, I'm going to make a decision to not speak without purpose. Um, and that's kind of how I carry myself now and how the podcast kind of came about. Um, it's just, it's just, I want to create a platform for people like me. I want to yeah. create, I want to allow people from ethnic minority backgrounds, whether you're Muslim, Christian, whatever. Like we don't have, people think that, okay, cool, like, um, you might have one, two um, people of ethnic minority and they're putting them on BBC and they're putting them on, yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah. Like, really and truly, 14% of the UK is ethnic. Yeah. 14. Like, we're, we're not even a speck yeah. of this whole UK. But yeah. they'll lump faces on the TV screens and put them on to condition you to think, yeah, we're giving people like you, like, a spot. Like, what else do you want? But you're not, because... That's, that's why I saw it's quite rough. Like, when, right? I saw you, when I saw your podcast, uh, you had um, one sister on there as well. Mm -hmm. You had... On your last episode, you had a, a guy that was a teacher. This I was wrong. Um, he was a motivational speaker. A motivation speaker. But so then, teacher. He's gonna get on to me for that. That's all right. But um, when I when I saw your podcast, I was like, you're very one. You're um you're open minded because you got different people, all walks of life on your podcast, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it shows you're willing to give back, and you're putting yeah. people all like from different like um walks of life on your podcast. Mm -hmm. that have got stories to tell, mm -hmm. so that shows that yeah, like you're. Your podcast is actually interesting to watch and actually to listen to. Yeah, um, I think um, a lot of people from African households have uh, something that was infused in them as a child. Like yeah. giving back is a big thing, yeah. whether it be to the, the community you were raised in, whether it be to your family, whether it be back home and going back home and building or uh, putting me. money back and investing. Giving back is, is by force. Yeah. It becomes a, a trait within your personality. Sorry to cut you off. Like, it's when all right. I was young, like, I'm pretty sure everyone in this room, like, we've been back home. Mm-hmm. Oh, so-and-so's coming. Ah. <laughs> all the relatives are there. Money, money. You're buying presents. Mm. But you know it is? You start cleaning three days yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it is? That's just the way we were. That's just the way that we were raised. Yeah. And the way our parents were raised. Mm. And it's morals and respect. So, but yeah. what we do now, like, we are giving back to the community, not in a materialistic way, but mm. we're giving back that like, we're opening doors. Exactly. And what you're doing, you're opening doors. Because like, you're like, look, I've got a story to tell. Mm. You know, you're born and raised over here. Mm -hmm. You've directed many, many shows. Mm. You've got a, a very big project coming on on a film festival. Mm -hmm. For someone to come from East London to do that, 
one that's a female, second that's Muslim. I'm sorry, I've never seen that. Yeah. So that's raw, that's authentic. Yeah. And then you've got a podcast as well. So you're, you've got two doors that you're opening for people to come mm. and you're re-educating people. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, so with this with this podcast, would you um, want to do it long term? Um, yes. Um, I think with me as well, um, my faith plays a big part in everything that I do. Um um, the prophet peace be upon him said the best gift you can give your child is education I agree. do you get and i think with me educating people is it's by force and it doesn't mean that i have to come and sit you down and be like right you can't think like this you have to think like this it just means i'm gonna speak and if you take from it if you learn from it then cool and i'm gonna bring someone on that might you know come with a different perspective and challenge me yeah. because um I remember speaking to a friend of mine and I said, I want to put up a disclaimer to say that all of my episodes are a learning opportunity for me and you. People that I bring on, I learn from. Do you get it? The feeding of the energy. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's reciprocation. And that's just always kind of... Um, I'm an unconventional teacher. Yeah. That's why I like to call myself. I teach, teacher. but just through the non-traditional roots. Like, yeah. And it's very interesting because my dad, his whole life, he wanted me to be a teacher. Yeah. And I remember the day I told him, I want to go into film. He almost cried. But I said why? to him, I'm why? still teaching. Because our parents, right, even my mum to this day, she believes that uni, without uni, you won't get a job. You know it is. You can't say to cut you off. You can't blame them because my mum, and I'm pretty sure everyone's parents in this room, mm-hmm. we, like, <laughs> all of us are either born here mm. or we migrated here. Definitely, yeah. But our parents, none of our parents were born here, let's be real. They yeah. migrated here. Right. So in their era, like, during their, like, whatever years that they were mm. going through, when they came over here, all they had was learn English, mm. get a good education, get mm. a degree, and your life is going to be perfect. Even back home, my parents... You know what I mean? I'm the first in my family to go to uni. Congratulations. And thank you. And I was not even going to go to uni. I've never been uni. See, I wasn't going to go. Um, I, I remember telling my dad, and he almost cried as well, because it's like, you're my first daughter, I came yeah. here, and you're not even going to uni. I was like, all right, cool, I'll go for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... um. That in itself is powerful because I think a lot of first generation children, people, whatever, are very ungrateful and it's not intentional. Yeah. I think there's a people forget that, you know, your parents were born and raised in a world that doesn't exist anymore. And the world that they were born and raised in wasn't even here. It was in a whole different, most likely in our communities, third, third world countries. So... Coming from something like that, escaping, coming here, leaving their family, their friends, their culture, their language, their faith, whatever it may be, and trying to start a life for themselves to better themselves here. For us to grow up and be like, well, you got, you don't understand me. I want to do this and that. It's, you see how these, this Western world is yeah. just, hmm, <laughs> I'm, mom, I'm not here for it. My, mom, my dad always wanted me to do certain stuff, like be a lawyer, do this. But you know what it is? You can't blame them because that's the way they were educated and it's they as well they they were educated to believe that there are only certain jobs that will bring you money and i think of my dad it was a thing where he couldn't understand how me going into a creative field would pay me enough for me to live but i'm pretty sure he's seen the benefits now yeah 
You know I mean? um, my parents are very are very like supportive. Like yeah. shout out to mumsy and dad. <laughs> but um, they're like like alhamdulillah. Like, my parents are very very supportive. Um, they're still a bit ignorant to things. I mean, they've never they like mom says it to me all the time. Like we've never seen anyone do what you do, so we don't understand it. Parents will be parents. But, exactly. Like and I think um when you understand that your parents are human being and you you really like you leave the image of your parents or something amazing like they're just yeah. regular human beings that had you and are trying to figure you out yeah. do you know what i mean and once you have that image it's easier to understand and it just bonds your relationship um just a bit more why ptn ptn is um three different things now do you know it is i started that's very, sorry, that's very, that's very <laughs> directing you got you got a lot of time um, to be doing a lot I, of things i have like, a lot yeah. going on um yeah. what's it called so i started boxing Four, three, four years ago. Okay. And it was. Um, That's your question. Go on. Can you beat me up? How tall are you? It's not about tall. I might be skinny, but. No, no, no. But um, if you have a height advantage and. If, are you light on your feet? I'm quick on my feet. Yeah, no. Because I my advantage is speed, but I'm okay. small, so I'm an inside fighter. Okay. But you're light, and I'm. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a thing where when I initially went into boxing, I went in for the mental discipline because mm -hmm. I um, I was a bit all over the place when I was younger, in my younger days. Okay. And um, I just needed to find something to discipline me mentally. Um, and my dad used to watch a lot of boxing growing up. Um, like, like Muhammad Ali was plastered all over my household. So yeah, um, so that was kind of my entry point. And then it, it got to a, I got to a level where um, I could have gone amateur. But I chose not to, and instead I chose to just teach other women to like, to like you know. Um, yeah. And I think um, women, it's very important for women to be able to defend herself. I agree, especially in this London town, yeah. <laughs> especially in this especially, Western world. I think especially in this world in general, because we are females are doing a lot of stupidity things right now. There's a lot of females that are getting, you mm. know, I would say harassed. Especially um, women from ethnic minorities, whether yeah, yeah. whether it be black women, whether it be Muslim women, like me, I've seen so much. Like I've had stuff happen to me. I've had stuff happen to my family. It's like, and for me, it's not even. It's just the, it's just the life that we have. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And um, you know, being angry about it and going off the rails, and you know, maybe like I used to have a baseball bat in my household, wow. <laughs> just in case if anything happened, I'd just be up and ready to go. But yeah. that's not the answer. Um, like with my little sister, by force you do some sort of martial arts. Same with my little brother, to be honest with you. You've done karate before? Um, I haven't, but I've um, dabbled into like jujitsu. Um, uh, what's it? Oh my God, what is it? No, 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 kickboxing. Okay. That's don't know why that was so hard for me to remember, but I'm a boxer. Like that's kind of just me. Like, I like that. If I didn't know path. you, I wouldn't have thought that. No, and now I, I love know it. I'm be careful. No, <laughs> don't let it change you. Like I just self defense is important. Period. Yeah. Not every day carry something to try and defend yourself. Like my yeah. mom used to have a rolling pin in her bag. Wow. So if anything was to happen, she would chuck the Defender. bag and run. Cause my mom doesn't know. She doesn't, she thinks she's gonna hit you. Like she yeah. doesn't know what you're gonna pull out. Like my mom always thinks, but what if he pulls out a knife? Then what? Yeah. So it's a thing where it's just educating your. Of course, educate your sons. But you know, some people, you can't tell them to educate anybody. And you know, your daughters just prepare them. 
and I know it's a it's a deeper, sadder way of looking at life, but that's the world we live in. So instead of dwelling on it, just prepare. We live in a crazy world, but yeah, man, you're trying to do better. Is, mm -hmm. Would there be any um, motivation words for the people that's watching this video right now? Like, what would you say? Um, don't let your differences ever make you feel inferior. Mm -hmm. Um, just be you. Whatever you want to do, just do it. Don't procrastinate. Don't let anyone say anything to you. If if I had a pound for how many people that have said to me, you're never going to be able to do this. You can't do this. You, you think you can do... Do you know how I would be rich? <laughs> don't let anyone stop you. Just be you and be very true to yourself. Like, don't... Um, I think with me for a long time, I was embarrassed of my faith because it was such a problem for people. Fuck that. Yeah. If you're if you're Muslim, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're whatever you are, wear it with chest. Claim who you are with chest. You're not you're not out here worshiping a human being. You're here for God. You're not here for nobody else. And if God's got you, then who are you afraid of? Do you know what I mean? So just do your thing. Just be you and be successful. Whether it be money wise, whether it be within your knowledge and your family, whatever, however you measure your success, just do it and. That would be my little two pence on oh, this. That was inspiring. Um, for the viewers, <laughs> can you please let them know where they can find your social media platforms? Yes. Um, Mary Masood on YouTube. You can find Conscious Conversations on that channel. Um, my Instagram is official Miriam. That's my personal. My um, podcast Instagram is c.conversation podcast on Instagram. My Twitter is it's underscore Miriam. And you know, from there, I'm sure you'll find the rest. <laughs> but yeah, it's been Thank a Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having Inspiring. me. Thank you. I'm going to mention it again. I'm probably said it a couple of times. <laughs> 21 years old. I man. knew it. Direct to the film. Mm. Film festival. May God bless you. Amen. May, 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 literally, may yeah. give you the opportunity that you deserve. Amen. And um, maybe you can direct a film about my journeys hitchhiking around Look, the world. You never know. I can do a little documentary yeah, if you yeah, like. Yeah, I'll yeah. just I do really film, you know, it. I could do it all. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. But <laughs> yeah. you know, no, deep down, deep um, down. what you're doing is, is, is inspiring. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, thank you for actually coming on here and actually telling people your story. You're welcome, guy. Anytime. Really appreciate it. Guys, I hope you really enjoyed this blog. Uh, please be honest on the comment section. Comment, like, and subscribe. It's Man Like Black Man. Bow.